this is black guy, white guy talking. I'm a black guy. I'm Elwin. I'm a white guy. I'm Zach. And we became friends by talking, talking about race and race relations. This episode was recorded on July 30th, 2020. So we're talking about housing here, and I think it's fitting to start with what we call the Great Migration, was the movement of six million African Americans from the southern states to the northeast part of the country, and to the Midwest, and also to the West. The time frame for this was from around 1916 till around 1970. You know, you got six million Americans, African Americans coming north, uh, looking for housing in Chicago and Detroit. Philadelphia, you know, there was there was a lot of the legacy of slavery and reconstruction and certainly it was Jim Crow times for a lot of the early part of the 20th century um, and a lot of that stuff clung on for years after and that's what we're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. You have a, you know, a legacy of housing discrimination in our system today here in 2020. And actually The Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia commissioned a study that unearthed thousands of racial covenants in the deeds of houses Mm. bought and sold between 1920 and 1932. Mm -hmm. So racial covenants were a way of segregating our cities. And a lot of that segregation is still visible throughout our cities in our country today. Speaking about Philadelphia specifically, you know, where it becomes... What I what I found was looking into what racial covenants are. It's really fucked up. It's in the deed mm. that if you're a black person, you cannot have access to mm-hmm. housing. If it's in that deed, you can't purchase it. So it specifically pushes you out. Right. It's legal language. Legal language in a deed that right. was allowed to happen. Right. And at some point by the federal, federal government. Right. That has allowed this to go on. It's really troubling. Mm-hmm. To know that, that we were marginalized so, it's definitely a travesty, but it also speaks a lot to what has been allowed to transpire and what has been allowed to happen in this country for so long. And these things carry over without any, and a lot of, when it's happening, a lot of people don't even know that it's happening to them. That's strong. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of areas in the city, and I know they talk heavily about the Tacone section of Philadelphia, which is in the northeast section of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Then you have other areas, Germantown, Chestnut Hill, Mount Airy. And I grew up in Mount Airy. You know, Mount Airy to most people in the mm-hmm. city. And I, when I was growing up, that was like the nice part of the city. Yeah. And then Chestnut Hill was like almost suburbia. Right. So it almost had its own designation. Mm-hmm. More, right? more affluent than Mount Airy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just Chestnut Hill, even to this and day. And and whiter, yeah. definitely more whiter. Def- but I mean, Chestnut Hill stands on its own today. Mm-hmm. If you're from Philadelphia, right, right, you know, like you know, some people might even not even know that Chestnut Hill is has a Philadelphia zip code. Right, it's a quaint, beautiful neighborhood, you know. It's but it's lovely, also but it's very white, and a lot of those racial covenants were attached to houses in Chestnut in Hill. Chestnut Hill, you know, the neighborhood in Philadelphia. Yep, and that that speaks volumes. It right. speaks volumes because the sediment was that it was white, and it was just like a, a detached portion, or it was right. a suburb, right? 
but it wasn't. That was right. the that was the that was the ongoing sediment right. that you were going into another area mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. the city. Right. But it's not. No, it's in the city. And you're paying city taxes if you live in that neighborhood. Right. Um, Oprah actually called Mount Airy an oasis. She called it, you know, one of the really one of the only neighborhoods of its kind in the United States where it's extremely diverse in both in terms of uh, racial identity and ethnic identity and also in terms of um, sexual orientation um, and also in terms of, you know, um, real estate and aesthetics, real estate and aesthetics. That's really true. You know, there are definitely a, a wide range of, you know, properties and property values. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, you know, it's a microcosm, right. Of the larging housing picture that we're talking about in this country. Yep. And also some of the challenges for black Americans to actually get home ownership, you know, and then of course, you know, redlining was meant yes. to keep blacks out of certain neighborhoods and part of the way that that was done was through racial covenants but it was also done through other legal means by banks brokers real estate banks, agents brokers real estate agents they all worked together mm-hmm. and then it became a part of i don't know it became a part of the law of the land right whereas though you know it's the designated boundaries mm-hmm. right so you have the boundaries that are not like physically carved out then you have mm-hmm. like the you have the unsaid boundaries right you know but with redlining, it was right. definitely physical boundaries right. that were a key part of the lending right. process. Right. And just in terms of race playing a role in housing, you know, I think of a story that my mom told me about when she was living in Boca Raton, Florida mm-hmm. in 1964. And she was living with her, you know, she, my mom's a white woman. She was living with her white husband in this place. And they had a party and their friends were diverse. So there were blacks and whites at the party. And then, you know, they, I think they had to come... They came to the end of their lease and the, the owners were like no you guys got to go mm. you know this is not acceptable because at that time and i don't i don't know the current situation in uh you know in boca raton florida but there was the white side of the tracks and the black side mm-hmm. of the tracks that is a very common phenomena yeah you know in this country in this country in yeah. cities and little Absolutely. towns all over the country because we still have and live within this legacy of racial separation and segregation that's built into the infrastructure it's built into the institutions that we live within and uh, so it's something that we we deal with today whether we're aware of it or not i think it's something that we either consciously or subconsciously accept. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the, the most important part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the conscious aspect is like, it's not so overt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like right. the subconscious thing is like, it's it's interwoven into the language. Right, right. So it's like the language becomes the major thing. Right. What, how we talk about it, right? right? What, we, right. what we're right. accepting. Right. That's what becomes interwoven into like the way we feel about yeah, it and then right, we right, right. wind up separating ourselves mm-hmm. after that right? right because it becomes a part of our reality and it's right. like oh this is the way it's right. supposed to be sure you're right 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 you know I, mean, I mean i remember you know just thinking about the way that that you know manifests in a personal level you know i remember a few years ago you know right after i became a homeowner for the first time in my life mm-hmm. um i had a friend who an african-american friend and, and she was looking for housing and she didn't have like the resources or you know she certainly didn't have the whiteness she's a black woman mm-hmm. and i helped her find housing and i was very aware of leveraging my whiteness and mm-hmm. my maleness 
business in terms of helping create this thing, this mm-hmm. reality for this friend of mm-hmm. mine who otherwise would not have had this opportunity. And uh, just to see that thing and recognize it for what it is, the choice is to be aware. And then once you're aware of your particular power, power and in society Absolutely. and what you can do based on the meaning that's assigned to you by others and your awareness of that perception of you by others. And then to try to, you know, work against the system in some way, because when things are not operating from a place of love or kindness, or when things are coming from a place of separation and division, Mm -hmm. man, that shit you always got to overcome it, man. Yeah. You got to, because otherwise you're not living, like to live as soulful of an existence as you can. You got to do this stuff. You got to do this work. And if you're not, then you're missing out on opportunities. That's what breaks down the subconscious part of it, mm-hmm. right? When you make the decision mm-hmm. to utilize your quote unquote power in right. the right way. Right, right, right. And then you take away the subconscious element right. of it. The element that, and it, it exposes it. Mm-hmm. It exposes what is the thing that people can't put their finger on, mm-hmm. right? Because you put your finger on it yourself and you say, oh, you know what I mean? Like you made a conscious effort to say, you know what? You were conscious of what you can do. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah, then absolutely. You, and then you can break down somebody else's, you know, because it may not be a conscious thing to them. Right. It's It may be a subconscious thing to them because they're not expecting mm-hmm. what it is. You understand what right. I'm saying? So they may be operating at a uh, in a space that's limited. Right, absolutely. People are at all you know different saying? levels of awareness yeah. on this stuff. And you can't assume that anybody understands anything yeah. that they might not necessarily understand. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think, you know, just to bring it into like the lens of, of now and the Trump administration mm-hmm. rolling back President Obama's 2015 housing rule mm-hmm. to support the 1968 Fair Housing Act. Mm-hmm. I affirmatively, firmly yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I think. I think the move, like the political move that Trump is making, is like trying to shore up his white voters in the suburbs, especially white women, and say, "Look, you're going to be safe. Like everything's fine. Your neighborhoods are going to be preserved. Don't worry. Vote Trump." You know, and of course, everyone is like, "What are you doing about COVID nineteen? You're you're uh, you're floundering." And like, you, right. you know, and, and like, I think on the day that 150,000 Americans had. Died died of COVID-19, he said, nobody likes me. It's because of my personality. Oh my God. Wow. I don't think he's ever seen anyone but himself. And you know, also too, this thing is so wrapped up into, it's bigger than two people. Mm, mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. We're dealing with a, we're dealing with a lot of, right. you know, like interconnected issues. Yeah. Simultaneously. Right. And I think part of the problem with politics, and I don't, I can't truck with politics too much. I just get a little sick of the whole thing, but, uh, but, but I feel like it it takes off, it takes away a lot of the substance sometimes because Mm -hmm. you just have these characters playing these games, like, you know, levying for position and for, you know, when there's a lot of like millions of lives involved. Right. Right. I mean, and now Trump's like, you know, we gotta, oh, we gotta, we gotta push back election day. That's that. That can't be November third. Let's make it. You know, let's push it down the road. You know, and then also undermining the post office at a time when we need mail in, mail in elections because you know we're in a global pandemic and you know this is my first global pandemic. Yeah, mine too. I know it's everybody else's yeah. too, right? Yeah. Unless you were alive a hundred <laughs> years ago, you know, you know, a lot of us are gonna vote by mail, yeah. and for good reasons. And then what, 
you know, the post office might not survive. Hmm. Yeah. How convenient is that? You know? I mean, look, my, my, my take on it too is like they're, you know, they're all, they're all politicians. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're all going to, it's all going to be a big deal around this time. Right. For either side. Right. It's always going to, it's going to be a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, right now, maybe, I don't know, four years ago. Right. Or four years before that. Yeah. It would have been different for me. I've been looking at this thing a little bit. Right. I've probably been more keyed into mm-hmm. the bullshit. Yeah, no. But me not neither. right now. Yeah, no. Like, not right now. No. I'm not really I'm not really keyed into this shit. I'm Mm-mm. like, yo, it's, it's yeah. becoming a little redundant to me oh, at absolutely. this point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely redundant. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm so even more so more over it. Every election year, I get so sick of the rhetoric yeah. of the bullshit. Yeah. But right uh, now, it has. it's like compounded. Right. Right? Because of the oh, state a, that we're in. Like, and also, yeah, I mean, I, it seems like there's there's a lot of people who just want to keep people divided. Keep yeah. people bashing into each other, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, send send federal agents and, like, you know, just bring plenty of tear gas, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. make sure they got their batons, right. you know? Right. Let's do this thing, right. you know? Let's stir everybody up, huh? Yeah, come on. Let's stir them up, you know? Control. Nobody's nobody's riled up enough, so let's get them a little more riled up. Yeah, come on now. You know it's control. It is. You know what I mean? Like it's, yep. it's it's all centered around control. And I think you know what we need to realize as the people, right? Is that we are the ones in control right. ultimately. Mm-hmm. The separation mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about opposite sides. Mm-hmm. We're talking about one side and the other side. Right. And then you know when I mean? you hear something like, "Hey." They're good people on both sides, Charlottesville. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> really? Right. I, I like the guys in the white robes too. They're they're pretty they're pretty nice. <laughs> you know? Like I, I listen, I don't I don't like I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say, I got you know, you, bro. but I mean they're they're you know, regardless of the level of awareness, there is white supremacy, you know, infiltrating the highest levels, you know of 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 office it is um, and, even, and it's not and it's not to say like no one no one's saying this is this is like a grand scheme on the part of so-and-so no no like we talked about before yeah people are complicated you know we're not trying to talk about any kind of like there's no fall guy this is a complicated world and it's full of complex human beings yeah ultimately i'm not interested in casting judgment on others right because why that's kind of what it led me to feel like trump was doing mm. with this situation like casting judgment on others and it's mm. in a in an indirect way and mm-hmm. when he sent out that tweet it says i'm happy to inform all of the people living their suburban lifestyle dream that you will no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood right your housing prices will go up based on the market and crime will go down. I have rescinded the Obama Biden AFFH rule. Enjoy. Mm. So enjoy. Yeah. Like I'm enjoy. I also made you this really delicious dinner of hamburger and ketchup. (laughs) Eat it now. Right. And vote for me in November. Keep your mask off. (laughs) Fuck both sides. I I can say that clearly. I know that's where you're at. That's yep. where I'm at clearly. It ain't no hesitation in that. You understand what I'm saying? Like that's really what this is about for me because that's the division. And for me, I'm gonna 
I'm going to vote for Biden because I don't want Trump to be reelected. Right. But I, I respect where you're coming from. You yeah, know? I don't, I'm, I'm not, not saying like, for either one of them. Right. Right, I know. Okay, right. so that's 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 my position. And I actually think we're going to get a lot of comments about that because I mean, that's a lot fine. of people. Yeah, you know so what I'm saying. So write us. So yeah, I don't. I'm. My thing is, you know. Yeah. Fuck either side. I know. Right. Other. I know people say, oh, you know, if you're not voting for one, then the other right. one's getting in. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, my overall goal, my feeling towards it is. I am on the side of the people that have been marginalized in this country that look like me. And mm. until that is brought up in politics, yeah. then I'm not going to be akin to any of those right. parties because they right. don't address the things that right. pertain to me and right. my community. Right. That's what it is. I hear you. So I don't, yeah. th- until they say that until yes. they stop right. dodging right, around right, right. the fucking issues right. that are right in front of their faces. Right. I don't give a fuck who has anything to say about it. Right. That's my position on it. And I and I feel like, you know, part of the thing is I'm not interested in changing your mind about that because I respect yeah. your position on it. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who want Trump to lose would argue against your position. And they I'm not do all do the time. It. I'm sure they do all the time. But like that is not the heart of this connection yeah. is us trying to change one another's minds. Absolutely. No, because when you're having a good conversation, conversation. you actually listen to the other person and respect their How position. You don't try to change them. Absolutely. I'm not interested in changing your mind. Absolutely. Or anyone else's. Absolutely. I'm interested in in digging in. That's and absolutely. Ex, you know, expanding my own consciousness and possibly the consciousnesses of other people along the way. That's that's. But that's what it's about. Yeah, that's like that, what it's about. That's what this thing is about. That's it's right. Not, it's not. A, it's about. Okay, you have your perspective. Right. I have my perspective. Right. Just because we have differing perspectives doesn't mean that one is worse or the other or one other person is bad or the other person is good. Right. It just means that we have differences. Yeah. And they're to be respected and actually can be built upon. And it's it can definitely be built upon. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's also like it's it's part of the dynamic. I mean, to be Absolutely. actually to come from a place where it's I feel like so much of the discourse in the United States and in America and our country right now, so much of the discourse is just people shouting at each other, yeah. shouting at each other and jabbing at each other and not actually listening to one another. Absolutely. Nobody's slowing down. Everybody wanting to just speed everything up as much as possible. And when you speed up and you're going super fast, that might be fun. It can be fun, definitely. But you're also missing a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you're going to miss a lot if you don't communicate, mm-hmm. right? Effective communication or the communication, like the solid communication is, is the foundation. Right. That's, that's what, that's the springboard for all of this shit. Right. Like it, it doesn't matter. We can always grow from that. Right. It's about progress and growth. Right. But the end goal is contribution. Yes, absolutely. So we can't contribute if we're not growing or right. progressing and that progression comes from the conversation. Right. Absolutely. Right. 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 So we That's can't right. contribute. We can't figure out a, a solid way to contribute. If I had a chance of changing my mind, mm. it wouldn't be by somebody coming up to me saying like, no. fuck you. No, no, no. You know what I mean? You, but, you don't, you, but, you, you're wrong. You right. gotta, that's not how it's right. going to happen. Right. 
How it's going to happen, if it was going to happen, is if somebody is saying, okay, I, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I res- and, I re- and I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying. I respect how you feel, but this is how I feel. You know what I mean? This is my mm-hmm. position on it. And explore mm-hmm. your position on it and expound on it so that there can be some growth and I can learn something that I probably didn't learn before. Right. You know what I mean? As right. opposed to just shouting out like yeah. you're whining. And, and, and part, of, part of it, too, is the context for it is that life is short. Yeah. Okay. We're only here for a little while. Yeah. And we don't know how long we're here for. We could both be shot and killed tonight. Yeah. I mean, you know, we hope not, but like we're not guaranteed anything. Nah, at all. Does that mean don't plan for the future? No, you should still plan for the future. But at the same time, like you got to be invested in your present moment if you're going to actually take advantage of the life that you have to live because this is what you have now. Absolutely. And talking about, you know, seizing the moment, getting back to what, what Trump said, you know, he's trying to repeal this act yeah, so that it doesn't allow low-income housing to exist in suburbia. Well, what about the flip side of that? What about when motherfuckers from suburbia come down to the city and replace what was low-income housing? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So what happens when they do that? Gentrification. That's what that is, right? So- what is the opposite of that, right? So you're trying to get that removed. The opposite of that is white flight. In order to maintain the status quo of these neighborhoods, this is what he's doing. So as opposed to leaving, as opposed to the white people in suburbia that are one of that they're saying you know what i'm making a big stink out of this low-income housing yeah which historically translates into white flight Mm. and in the form of black people historically Mm. living in white neighborhoods so to speak right right yeah especially like right so i mean you have a whole system of like let's say you know houses that are all relatively i don't know say like a hundred thousand dollars for all these houses yeah and you have and these are suburbs everything is one story you have a lot of strip malls you have you know uh, roads running through connecting different areas this is much of america we're talking about yeah and then you have in that neighborhood which is very homogenous demographically with very white you have maybe a a possibility of some you know multi-use housing or some kind of a giant apartment building going Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. where you might have a lot of people maybe a lot of people of color moving Mm -hmm. in the idea is that the white happy unaware that their white uh community in middle america says look like we don't want all these people of color moving in and living in this housing structure that's just been built because the federal government said it's mandated and it has to be built right and uh so let's be clear too not just people of color because there's a lot of a lot of poor white people. There's a lot, a lot of, of poor, poor white, white people, people absolutely. That, that that live in suburbia. Right. And in these situations right. as well. Like it's probably more. And I think probably there's more racism among people who maybe are in a slightly lower in- income bracket. And that's not to say that if you're in a slightly lower income bracket that like you don't have all the capacities of you know, we're all human beings and we all have incredible potentialities, I think. But like there's poor white people, there's poor black people, there's there's at the end of the day every what it comes people. down to is tops and bottoms. Right. Yeah. That's what this that's what he's talking about, right? He's talking about displacing the bottom and getting it yeah. out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it do, it doesn't need to be there. Right. And and like I said, but the the arrogance of that is what does that put? Yes. What does that equate to when you come to I don't know where we are now, right. South Philadelphia, right? Where you go right. now? Where's what does that right. equate to when you go to Northern Liberties? Mm. That was like right. North Philadelphia, right? You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Where is that when you go to 
I don't know, brewery town, right? Like it's the same shit. Mm -hmm. Tune in next Thursday at 9 a.m. for a conversation about defunding the police. As a disclaimer, Zach and I don't pretend to speak for all white or all black people.